you have a Bible or a copy of God's Word, it's probably on a device, or you can follow along with me on the screen behind me. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. I'm going to look at this briefly. Mom on strike. Those were the words that were printed on the sign that was in the front yard of a home in St. Louis, Missouri. A young mother was tired of the whining. (laughs) She was tired of the back talk. She was tired of the lack of cooperation. And so she officially declared herself on strike from her family. She moved out of the house, (laughs) moved into the backyard and into the treehouse that was in the backyard. (laughs) And she vowed never to come down until things had changed. You can imagine a story like this uh, attracts some attention, and so the local uh, TV stations got wind of the story, and they came, and they set up in the front yard, and they interviewed the family, and they finally get around, and they're interviewing the husband, and the the husband says this in the interview, I have the kids doing their chores again. I told them to cool it with the sarcasm. We're trying to make amends, and do whatever we can to make her come down. <laughs> what makes God come down? What, what moves the heart of God? You see, on a human level, the husband's remarks make perfect sense to us. Whenever we've wronged someone, we do whatever we can to mend the relationship and make things right. However, that perfectly reasonable response gets us in trouble when we approach God that way. Because you see, God is not impressed with our attempts to win back His love. God's not impressed with our attempts to win back His favor. God, to say it another way, is not impressed or moved or what makes Him come down or come towards us It's not when we boast of our goodness. It's very clear if you look at the parable of the unthankful master, which comes right before uh, this parable uh, of the ten lepers. It's very clear. And so the question is, if our good deeds don't move God, what does? What moves Him? And the answer is found in our passage this evening. So follow along with me as I read God's Word. This is God's word, Luke 17, 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them... When he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are, the, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way, your faith has made you well. Let me pray and ask God to bless uh, the preaching and hearing of his word. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you uh, for your word. 
And I pray that you would use it to penetrate our hearts, to teach us, as you tell us, all scripture is breathed out by you, and it's profitable for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in all righteousness. Would you do all of those things uh, in our lives and in our hearts uh, through this passage tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. We see two things uh, that move the heart of God in this passage. And the first one is, uh, God is moved when people have eyes to see their desperation. The second one is, God is moved when people have feet that turn back to give Him thanks. So He's moved by eyes that see and feet that turn back. So let's look at number one, eyes that see. And so the passage, very obviously, is about ten lepers. And to really understand this, let me say a brief word about leprosy. It was a horrible disease back then. And your body parts literally rotted off. And so it was not uncommon to see people who had leprosy walking around without noses and ears and toes and fingers. And in the ancient world, if you had leprosy, uh, you were placed outside the city in a leper colony until death brought a merciful end to your life. Outside the city. So think about not only are you suffering physically, but you're suffering socially. You're outside the city with no fellowship. You, could not, you weren't allowed to go into a place of worship. You were separated from your own family. Furthermore, because it was so contagious, think about the shame involved in this, that any time someone got close to you, a leper had to scream or yell out in a loud voice, unclean, unclean, away from me. And on this particular day, these ten lepers, they'd gotten word that Jesus of Nazareth was coming by, and they knew Jesus, they knew what he had done, they had heard the stories about how he had healed people, and so they wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. And they see him from this leper colony passing by, and instead of shouting, unclean, unclean, away from me, they shout something else. Look at the passage. They say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And how does Jesus respond to their desperate cry for mercy? Well, Jesus responds by showing mercy to those who have nothing to claim but desperation. Verse 14, look at what Jesus says. Go and show yourself to the priest. And as they, as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, we'll get into this more in a minute, but one of them, only one, returns to give thanks. Only one has the eyes to see what Jesus had done for him. And this teaches us, this Thanksgiving season, something about thankfulness and gratitude. And the first thing is that gratitude to Jesus flows out of eyes of humility. God is not moved when we parade our goodness before Him and when we respond to attempts to do better and promises to do better in the future. You know what moves God? Look at the passage. Desperation. Brokenness. God is moved when we come to the end of ourselves and give up hope and everything else but Him. God is moved when we cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And here's why the gospel is such good news. Our own desperation and brokenness is actually because the gospel is such good news, that is the very thing 
You think it's the thing that's going to turn God's heart away from you. But it's actually, think about the passage, the very thing that moves God and causes His heart to turn towards you. Are you desperate tonight? Some of you are. This passage is good news because it doesn't matter the degree or the persistence of the mess in which you find yourself in. Friends, Jesus does not turn away from you. But he actually moves and turns towards you. You see, there's one cry that Jesus loves to hear. And it's this. Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. You see how much freedom that brings to your life? The very fact that God doesn't turn away from us in our desperation, that should drive us towards vulnerability, confession, and deep repentance. Secondly, gratitude. The other thing we learn about gratitude and thankfulness is gratitude uh, towards Jesus flows out of eyes of amazement. What do I mean by that? Well, you'll never be a thankful and grateful person unless you realize that Jesus has given you far more than you deserve. And listen, I know how hard this is because I know where we live. We live in over-the-mountain Birmingham, and if we want something, well, then we simply go and get it. And that is a tremendous blessing and a good gift from God, and those are great things. But the downside is, is it often blinds us and leads us to entitlement. Friends, all of life is a gift. Every single thing that you have is a gift from God. And the grateful person where thankfulness is pouring out of them is the person that goes before God and says, Jesus saved even me. The one who has thankfulness pouring out of their hearts is the one who realizes that all of life is a gift and that we are not owners of anything, but we are stewards of the good gifts that God has given us. You want to grow in thankfulness this Thanksgiving season? What well, begins with having eyes to see with humility. To see with humility the wonders of all Jesus has done for you and is doing for you. Secondly, and lastly, the other thing that moves the heart of God is feet that turn back to give thanks. Look at verses 15 and 16. So the ten lepers are walking along, and they're walking towards the priest, and they're going to be healed. The the priest was the one who officially declared them clean so that they could go back into society and normal life. But there's one who stops dead in his tracks and turns his feet around, and runs and rushes back to Jesus in order to give him thanks. And I want you to notice the passage. The same voice that he cried out for mercy. The passage very clearly says in a loud voice. That same loud voice is now, instead of asking for mercy, praising and thanking God for his good gifts of grace. Did you notice the passage makes a point to tell us that the man was a Samaritan? That's a big deal. And the reason why it's a big deal is because Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. In fact, they hated one another. And so you would not expect a Samaritan to return to a Jewish healer and give thanks. That would be the last person 
you would think, would turn and go back to Jesus. But he is the first and evidently the only. And it's obvious here, you know, Jesus respected and loved the Samaritan, but you can sense the sadness of the other nine who were Jews that did not return. You can see it in the questions. Look at verses 17 and 18. Self-evident questions. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise except this foreigner? Then look at verse 19. He tells this Samaritan, stand up. Your feet have made you well. You see, all ten lepers were healed physically. But the Samaritan was also healed spiritually. Notice the text says, your faith. Your faith that has made you well. And so think about this. The faith that saves you is a faith we see here. A living faith is a faith that is also a faith that saves you. A living faith is also a faith that is filled with gratitude. You want to know whether your your faith is alive and well? Well, it's faith that is expressed by running and falling at the feet of Jesus. Falling on your face and worshiping. One commentator says this about this verse. The leper makes no claim of his ability. He makes no claim of his ability and points to no deserving part as the, on his own as the reason that Christ has made him well. This man simply throws himself at Jesus' feet and says, everything that is right about me, you did. And I thank you. You see, instead of doing the religious thing first, going to the priests and getting declared clean, he does the thankful thing first. And he runs to Jesus to say thank you. Running back to Jesus, friends, is always the most significant movement that we can make. Running back to Jesus and saying thank you is always the highest priority. And so what does that mean for us? Lots of things, but let me close with this. God's at work in this church. I'm incredibly thankful to be here. You know that in the first quarter of 2019, we are entering into a building program, and I couldn't be more excited, and there's nothing more excited because we, exciting because we got some great momentum and some great things that God is doing in our church. But this text shows us something really, really important that we cannot miss. We must always, and it's this, we must always have feet that turn back before going forward. We must always have feet that turn back before going forward. Like this leper, we need to always run back to Jesus and say thank you. Friends, God has been incredibly kind and gracious to this church long before I got here. Do you know how rare it is to have a pastor for 30 years like Alan Carter to give his life for you, to love you, and to serve you, 
and to preach, as we heard in the prayers of thanksgiving, to preach Jesus and Christ crucified to you. And for that, we say, thank you, God. God is at work in this church and has been. God has been so good to us to sustain us through the pastoral transition, which scares most people to death, and it scared me to death. (laughs) But God has been so good. He's been gracious to provide for us and bless us beyond our wildest imaginations, financially speaking. He's bringing people to come and hear the gospel. And as Martin prayed, we could go on and on and on with how good God has been to us. And wherever God takes us in the future, we want to be a church that regularly throws ourselves at the feet of Jesus and says everything that is right about our church, you did, and we thank you. May we always be like the one leper who returned to give thanks to God for his graciousness and goodness to us. That's my prayer for our church as we move in to an exciting season of ministry in the spring of 2019. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We are so thankful that you're a God that does not turn away from us when we're desperate and needy. We confess that we're not good at this. We're not good at thankfulness. We're not good at gratitude. We often think we deserve everything. Father, forgive us. And as those in this story cried out, have mercy on us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and make us thankful people. Make us a church like this one uh, leper who came back and gave thanks to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.